peoples of the worldwide federated internet what is good So yesterday I had all kind of issues with my recording equipment. As you can see, I'm traveling on the road and I got my mobile set up with me. This is always a thing. Y'all have heard me say it a million times. Anyway, I was talking to a good friend of mine today about a topic that I, I want to discuss. I want to do it tastefully, though. It's it's a problem that I've had and I notice it's definitely a problem that goes around amongst the body. And the problem I have have and have had in the past that I'm seeking to correct is an improper view of preachers that I respect. I think sometimes we give um, praise to these preachers and not God. And I believe we should honor and respect the men who preach the word of God for sure. I definitely believe that. I, I, I definitely believe that they are worthy of honor. I, I believe, I can't remember exactly how the Bible says it, but I believe the Bible does mention that. So I'm definitely not trying to uh, uh, take away from the honor and respect that these men deserve. They give up a lot, actually. Uh, many of the preachers that I know and know of give up much personal ambition and uh, materialistic dreams and goals for the sake of the gospel. And what happens many times from what I've seen in a lot of these preachers is they they get to the point in their life where they're willing to give it all up. All they want is the furtherance of the gospel. That That has to be respected. It definitely has to be respected. The problem that I think happens is and I see it happen more in the celebrity preachers and this is what me and my friend kind of talked about and it's you know I don't think it's any fault of the celebrity preachers I think this is just the nature of the beast I don't think that they many of them I don't think that many of them sought necessarily to be celebrity preachers but that just happened now there is um a group of celebrity preachers that probably more than likely sought that you know the the glory preachers with all the private planes and the big houses. Now, personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with a preacher having all of those things, but I don't know. How do I, how do I say it? I, I think there's probably, I probably take issue with preachers having these things off the backs of people who are in need. Let's put it that way. Um, if a preacher owned a business, invested well, and, you know, did well for themselves, I have no problem with that. And, and I don't think there is a problem with that. If somebody of their own free will decided to give some, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Some opulent gift to a preacher. There's nothing wrong with that. I think some preachers, celebrity preachers, live off the backs of people. And I think the way they do that is, is these people 
idolize these men instead of respecting the men and respecting the office that they're in. And I've been trying to work through how do I balance this thought process? Because like I said, it's something that I noticed in myself and that I had a problem with. Anyway, we are going to go to the book of Exodus chapter 18 and verse one. Let's get into this. All right, as you can see, I'm a little choppy here. Give me one second. Let me sometimes on my laptop when too many things are running in the background, it doesn't like that too much. It's not like my desktop at home that can handle all that stuff. Anyway, when Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done for Moses, and for Israel, his people, and the and that the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Sephora, Moses' wife, after he had sent her back, and her two sons, of which the name of one was Gershom. For he said, I have been an alien in a strange land. And the name of the other was Eliezer. For the God of my father, said he, was mine help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife unto Moses into the wilderness, where he encamped at the Mount of God and said unto Moses, I, thy father-in-law Jethro, am come unto thee and thy wife and her two sons with her. And Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and did uh, obeisance and kissed him. Uh, and they asked each other and they asked uh, each other of their welfare and they came into the tent. So exchanging pleasantries, uh, Moses' father-in-law heard about what was going on, uh, came into the wilderness, brought his wife and his two sons. So they weren't, you know, there at the time. Now, this is something that I wonder, this might be a simple thing to you. And I've not looked into this too deeply. I'm probably going to do probably Lord willing, I'm going to do some more research into this. Uh, Moses' father-in-law, the priest of Midian, was he a priest of the Most High God of heaven and earth, or was he a priest of some other pagan religion? I don't know. Uh, I think he might have been a priest of the Most High God of heaven and earth, but I don't know. Not at not at this point. Um, maybe it says somewhere later on, and and I forgot, but. If if so, I'll get to that point because I'm sure some of you smart theologians out there in the spaces of the worldwide federated internet probably have the answer. You're probably screaming it at your headphones or at your computer right at the moment as you're watching this. Uh, let me see, where was I at? Uh, Asked of Jesus' welfare in verse 8. And Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done unto Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, and all the travail that had come upon them by the way, and how the Lord delivered them. Now, remember, uh, Moses' father-in-law had already heard about all of this stuff, and this is why he's showing up. 
He heard about all this stuff. I think he wants to inquire. He wants to know, yo, what happened? What is going on? He, he saw what God did for the children of Israel and that drew him in. He wanted to see this for himself. Um, verse, uh, where's that? Verse nine. And Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that uh, Moses' father-in-law was actually a priest of the Most High God of heaven and earth. That's my assumption. That's what I'm going to go with for right now until I, until and unless I, I find or figure out otherwise. And needless to say, this is something that I've, that I've thought about as well that I want to do a little more digging into. I, I, I have a partial answer to this. There were people, other people who worshiped God outside of Israel. You want to know proof of that? When the, the prophet Jonas went to, um, I can't even think of the city now. It's eluding me. It's actually in Iraq, Nineveh. My goodness, my brain just dumped right at that moment. When, when Jonas went into Nineveh, to proclaim what God had decreed, the people repented. Now, I think if Jonah went to, to, to tell these people something about a God that they were not familiar with, right? If they were not familiar with the most high God of heaven and earth, they probably would have just wrote him off like, yo, what is this dude talking about? What God are you talking about? We worship this God. But the people repented and turned and God had mercy on them. And I've said this for a long time. I'm inclined to believe that there were people in these in these different cities and in these different places that definitely worship the most high God of heaven and earth. The assumption when we're reading the Bible, especially the Old Testament, is that the only people worshiping God were the Hebrews. And I believe that there might have been people out and about, uh, you know, sparse groups of people that were actually worshiping God outside of the the hebrew people um where is i at verse 9 verse 10 and jethro said blessed be the lord who hath delivered you out of the hand of the egyptians and out of the hand of pharaoh who hath delivered the people from the hand of uh from under the hand of the egyptians now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods for in the thing wherein they dealt proudly, he was above them. So maybe Jethro actually was a priest of some other God. I, if you couldn't, if you didn't figure it out by now, this, this study right here is a freestyle. You're actually studying with me. When I say freestyle, I simply mean that sometimes in my Bible study, for this podcast, just for full disclosure, I'll read my Bible at some point in a day, go through some things, think on some things, take some notes, and then I'll share with you what I thought. And in other times, what you hear is my fresh and raw thoughts as I'm reading the Bible. I'm studying this right on the fly, and you're going through this with me, following me on this journey. And that's what we're doing right now. You're following me on this journey. So, Jethro had some acknowledgement of other gods 
All right. So it's a possibility that he worshiped one of these other gods, but he recognized in the things he saw in what God did for the Hebrew people, Jethro recognized, whoa, this is something different. Like whatever, whatever these other gods air quotes had going on. Yeah, they can't match this. This is something else. Surely this is the God, the true and living God. I think this is the conclusion that Jethro's coming to. If he wasn't already at that conclusion, I'm just assuming in, in and uh, inferring from what I'm reading here. Verse 12, and Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God and Aaron, and, and Aaron came and all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. I noticed a lot of times when there is when there is some triumph triumph among the Hebrew people, they always have a sacrifice to God, a recognition of how they got whatever this victory is. The significance, I think the significance of that is if if you if you have something great happen, obviously worked out and orchestrated by God, it would behoove you to give credit where credit is due. And God deserves all praise. The Bible says every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from the, from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Um... Where is I at? Uh, sacrifices, verse 13. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people and the people stood by Moses from morning until eat unto the evening. And, you know, if you've read this story, that it doesn't stay this way. The people are listening to Moses right now, presently, because of the things that have transpired. Right. So these things are fresh in their mind. And because these things are fresh in their mind, they're taking heed to the things Moses is saying. I mean, it said, and it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people and the people stood by Moses from the morning to the evening. They stood by, they listened to what he was saying. And I'm 100% positive that they were super attentive to everything Moses was saying. The issue is it's only because these things were fresh in their mind. Probably no different than what goes on today. I've done this. It is and it's and it's funny when I read these things and I and I think back to myself and the things that I've done, it actually annoys me. I, I get annoyed with myself because I take myself back to times where God has done something. God has worked out something great in my life. And at that moment, I was on a high horse of praise to God and giving him all glory and making sure I was dotting all my T's and cross, uh, yeah, uh, crossing all my T's and dotting all my I's spiritually. And then as soon as that thing is out of sight, out of mind, I go back to the mundane, not really praising God, allowing things to slip. And look, it, I realize in my life, I, I can't speak for other people, but I realize in my life, when I slip into, 
let's say some sin or some area that I just really unwise for me to be, I, I, I can always trace it back. The first thing that happens is I stop thinking about the Bible. I stop really praying like I should. And when I say pray, I've talked about this before. I'm not talking about the, you know, necessarily getting on your knees when you get up. I'm just talking about really talking to God, really with everything. You know how the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart uh, in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. That's the kind of prayer I'm talking about. I'm talking about and in, in everything you do, you're just like, all right, God, I'm, I'm asking you for wisdom about this or I'm asking you for wisdom about that. And there, there's look, there's not going to be an audible voice. Maybe that will happen for you. I don't know. I can't say, but I've never heard an audible voice from God. But I have seen and I have experienced God work things out in such special ways that I knew. Yeah, OK, I know exactly what I need to do here, but I, I, I can always trace back me slipping from that was slipping from prayer, slipping from focusing on the Bible and then as soon as that happens, other things begin to slip. I don't know if that's everyone else's experience, but I know that's my experience. And you're going to see the same thing happen with the children of Israel. They're going to go through a lull period where they forget about the things Moses has told them. They forget about the things God has done. They're not doing what God instructed them to do. Keep these things ever before them. Make memorials. Those memorials are for them to dwell upon the things that God did. Clearly, there's a working going on in the mind, and I believe this is even more evidence for uh, what I'm, what's, the, what's the thing I'm looking for? More evidence for what I'm beginning to formulate in my mind. The Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's something about the appeal to the human mind that that God definitely does some working there. And when you negate the things of God from that logical thought process, that's when the slip ups happen. Anyway, y'all know what it is. Stay frosty people.